Let's get social. Connect with me at Bible Study Evangelista on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and now you can also find me on the number one Catholic app for iPhone and Android, Laudate. Let's connect. And now, let's get some Bible study in your pocket. If you like having Bible study in your pocket, and you have an iPhone or iPad, why not leave a review? Search Bible Study Evangelista in iTunes and tell everyone how you're loving and lifting all you've been given. Here's Sonia. Study Evangelista Show. I'm Sonia Corbett, your Catholic Evangelista, and this is the beginning of our series on spiritual gifts. This podcast series is meant to work in tandem with the Spiritual Gifts Conference, which you saw through the email. Uh, There are two pictures there, the picture of the fresh wind and the picture of the conference. If you click those, that conference picture, it will send you to the registration page for the Spiritual Gifts Conference, which is uh, Mother's Day weekend of in May. It's actually not the, the actual weekend. It's Thursday through Saturday of that same weekend, however. And in order to identify your spiritual gift through the spiritual gifts inventory quiz that I've made for you and to begin activating that gift, you're going to need to register for that conference because the spiritual gifts inventory is a part of that conference. And so are the speakers who are speaking on those on the particular gifts. And we have one speaker well, actually, sometimes some of the speakers are speaking in, in on several gifts, but all of the gifts are represented there um, that we we don't actually have a definitive list of what the spiritual gifts are, because, you know, the Holy Spirit can't be boxed in. But we do have through 2000 years of church history, we do have some knowledge of what the gifts are and at least what the clusters are because the gifts are sort of clustered together in groups often and so we have a a list all right and so all of those in there are about 26 of them that are represented through the speakers at that conference and you can explore in a very general way it's kind of a primer for each of the gifts and those that you feel drawn to All right. So the process of discernment of your spiritual gifts, which I'm getting way ahead of myself, I'm sorry, but the the process of discernment takes some time, which is part of why I'm doing the podcast series so that we can really get a good background on what spiritual gifts are. Um, Today, I'm going to introduce the whole idea of spiritual gifts, where they come from, what they're for. Then the next show, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at diversity and unity in those gifts. Then the conference is meant to help you identify your spiritual gift and implement your spiritual gift. And then after the conference, the next couple of shows are going to be information on each of the gifts and how they're clustered together and how the Holy Spirit uses them in us. And then we're going to talk about love because Paul says he he gives us this beautiful illustration of the body of Christ and how the gifts are like parts of the body. But then he ends saying, 
more and better than any of the gifts is love. So we're going to look at love. So today then I'm going to introduce for you the whole idea of spiritual gifts. And before I do that, I want to just remind you that I am off Facebook and I tried a a forum on my website and I hated it. I didn't like the structure. It was hard to use. It wasn't like Facebook. You couldn't like anybody else's posts. You had to go look for them all. I hated it. So I went searching for something a little better. And it was interesting because as I was falling asleep, I got this epiphany (laughs) that I was looking for the wrong thing. And I, I adjusted what I was looking for and I found exactly what I was looking for. So I thank the Holy Spirit. He sent me searching for exactly the thing I needed and I found something absolutely beautiful. It's beautiful. It's functional. It's easy. It's convenient. I know that uh, many of you, there are several hundred of you trying to get in and I am working with support for this particular service to try to get you all in. But register and log in with your email and a password. It's a little bit different from my website. So you may have to adjust your password on my website to fit the requirements for this particular service to get on that forum. But do it because it is already, it is, uh, it's what I needed. I needed y'all. I needed to be able to talk to you every day. <laughs> I need to be able to hear your 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 thoughts and your love the word takeaways and all that stuff. So it's much easier. Please go look for it. Go to my website, click on the community tab at the top in the menu and go find it. Sign up if you haven't done so. If you're waiting to get in, just be patient. We're getting you in, I promise. And it is fabulous already. Just with the hundred of us that are on already, it's just already fabulous. So I am thrilled to be away from Facebook. I didn't mean to, I I didn't plan to, but I got blocked and I just was not willing to jump through the hoops they wanted for me to get back on. So I have left Facebook and because Instagram is connected to Facebook, I'm also blocked from it. So if you're wondering where I've been, that's where I am. I'm on the community tab of my website. And so come and discuss with all of us, all of your spiritual gifts and all that stuff. We're going to talk about all that stuff. So go there. Um, Again, please register for the Spiritual Gifts Conference so that you can identify your spiritual gift and begin to implement it. Also, I want to just mention that we have a Friends of the Show meetup on April 19th at 7 o'clock Central Time. I'm going to send the link either today or tomorrow. You'll get it before we meet tomorrow tomorrow night at seven. This is for monthly donors who are friends of the show, my monthly friends of the show who donate every month. We're having a meetup and we're going to do this every month. I'm going to talk to you. We'll decide if we want to do a Bible study um, because I'm thinking we might do that. I'll I'll just do a Bible study every week and we can all discuss it and talk and and do all that stuff. You know, it'll be like we're in class together and you can share your insights too. Um, Only we'll be virtual. We'll connect via Zoom. So an introduction to the spiritual gifts. That's the first show. And it is early for Pentecost, but I wanted to time this. I, I actually didn't even plan to do that that conference. But when I got the invitation, I thought, oh my gosh, this is perfect timing. Because when I'm doing my private consults, one of the things that I've seen is that part of why people don't take off in their spiritual lives is that they don't know what their gifts are. So I can help you get unstuck. I can help you with deliverance. I can help you with healing. I can help you with wisdom in understanding the patterns of the Holy Spirit working in your life, I can get you unstuck. But if you then don't begin acting in the gifts that the Holy Spirit gave you, 
you're not going to take off and thrive the way you could and the way you're meant to because you're not using your gifts. So this the timing on this conference was just perfect. So I, I designed a whole podcast series surrounding the conference so that you have all you need to to find what your gifts are and begin operating in them. And it is never too late. It is especially good timing if you're retired, because now you have the time to kind of look around evaluate your past, where you worked, what you liked, what you didn't like, the things that came easy to you, your personality and temperament, that kind of stuff. You can put all of that together and start to discern what your gifts are and and you have the time to use them. And if you're not retired, I started in my early 20s and I stumbled on it by the grace of the Holy Spirit. I stumbled on my spiritual gift when I was asked to teach a Bible study and I didn't know anything, nothing. I was barely 20 and I didn't know nothing. And this my mentor, she asked me if I would co-teach with her. And I said, all right, sure. And so we got together and we started a Bible study. It was actually in the book of Acts, which is providential, I think now looking back on it. And I started teaching it. And about three weeks in, she looked at me and said, I really think you're supposed to teach this by yourself. And I didn't know anything. And it felt very proud to say it. But I told her, I said, I think I am too. Because I had just, oh my gosh, it was like I woke up. My whole life just exploded with studying God's word and finding stuff and and learning new truths and knowledge and putting it into practice and everything I was learning, I, I just about exploded until I could get to class to share it. And not only was that beautiful and miraculous and, and supernatural, but what was even better was that everybody loved it. They, they loved what I was offering, which it was this beautiful complimentary relationship. They were able to use what I was offering and I was able to offer it. And, and I felt so alive and I have never turned back since. That was my first call, my first, and I didn't know that's even what it was. I didn't know it was a spiritual gift. I just knew I couldn't stop doing it. And everybody loved that I was doing it. So we sort of fed into each other. And what I'm saying to you is your gift or gifts will be exactly the same experience. You will love doing it. You will never get tired of it. It will feed your soul in a way that you've never experienced before. If you've never used a spiritual gift or even known that you had one, And the people that you serve are going to eat it up. It's going to feed them. It's going to edify them. It's going to build them up. It's going to equip them in other ways. You are going to be contributing to the health of the body. You have a spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit will use to help heal his body, the church. And if you're not using it, Oh, well, I'll just read to you what the decree on the apostolate of the laity says. Uh, Pope Paul VI said, Indeed, the organic union in this body, meaning the body of Christ, and the structure of the members are so compact that the member who fails to make his proper contribution to the development of the church must be said to be useful neither to the church nor to himself. That, my dear, is why we need to know what our gifts are. More when we get back.
You're listening to the Bible Study Evangelista Show. Bible Study Spirits That Taste Like Cake. Sonia created the Love the Word Bible Study Method just for you, based on Mary's personal practice and formulated for your personality and temperament. Get your Love the Word meditations every Monday morning by signing up at BibleStudyEvangelista.com. Now, here's Sonia. spiritual gifts in preparation for the Feast of Pentecost, which will be in 40 plus days. That's called the birthday of the church. Uh, And we'll talk about that later. But I'm preparing you then for this descent of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And we do this because Jesus said, go into my vineyard. That call that Jesus gave us in Matthew 20, verses 3 and 4, is addressed to absolutely everyone. Lay people are personally called by God because you receive a mission on behalf of the church and the whole world through your spiritual gifts. So he says, you go into my vineyard too. Why do you stand here idle all day? So this is not a criticism. I don't want you to hear it as a criticism, but if you have never used a spiritual gift, if you didn't even know that you had one, then you've been idle on behalf of the church. And the church is languishing because it's not, it doesn't have the benefit of your spiritual gift. Now, a lot of Catholics believe that it's proud or prideful to think that God might do something genuinely important and supernatural through them. But I'm here to tell you, that's what the Holy Spirit is for. That's why you have and receive the Holy Spirit from your baptism and your confirmation is to, to in part, give you these gifts that will heal you and heal the church at the same time that you use them. So you do have something genuinely important, genuinely individual, genuinely personal, and genuinely supernatural to offer the church. And it's part of my job because I have equipping gifts to help equip you to do that, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm operating in my spiritual gift in order to equip you to operate in yours so that you can equip others through your gift. Now, there are two different ways to, to see redemption, all right? There's objective redemption, which is where Jesus reconciles us with God the Father. And then there is subjective redemption, and that is the application of the inheritance that Christ has given to us. It's the manifestation of this, of this salvation that he has given to us through his life, death, and resurrection. We don't contribute anything to the work of Jesus in objective redemption because that's the salvation that only he can accomplish. It's eternal. But we must exercise our cooperation in our gifts and with the graces uh, that God gives us through the Holy Spirit. We must do that because that is central to subjective redemption. We have to work out our salvation, Paul says. We have to work it out in fear and trembling. That means that we are pursuing healing in our own lives through our own vocations, which we'll talk about later. But we must pursue that healing, that salvation. We must pursue 
being free from what enslaves us, being being freed from our woundedness. And we do that in part by operating in our spiritual gifts. That's those spiritual gifts help free us. It's the nature of grace and the economy of salvation. God never uses us in a utilitarian way. He always, he always feeds us and lifts us and, and heals us first. And so that we then can be an instrument of his healing and his life and his salvation and his, his gifts. So we receive first and then we become active. We, it's a contemplative stance first, and then we become active in sharing what God is doing and has done through us. So we don't wait for it to all be over before we get busy. We get busy with our gifts immediately because we receive them at baptism and confirmation. I have seen people in RCIA who have been baptized and confirmed and received their first Eucharist and gone on to immediately use their spiritual gifts and be using and they use them in power. The Holy Spirit just boom. It's like an it's an explosion, I'm sure in part because the graces that, you know, you get three sacraments in one night <laughs> and you have all this grace. And so I'm saying to you that you have spiritual gifts. It's not proud, it's not unbelievable. It is an absolute truth. The Bible says so, and so does the church. You have gifts, and we must know what they are in order to be useful to the church and to ourselves, according to Pope Paul VI. So if you're not connected, and you're not using your spiritual gift, then you're robbing God, and you're robbing the body of Christ, and you're forcing other people to carry your load, and here's the biggest thing, you're out of touch with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know the Holy Spirit is that kind of ethereal sort of person of the Trinity that we're not real sure how to how to deal with. But Mary is our perfect model in this because she had a perfect intimacy with the Holy Spirit. So she knows what it means to use and operate in her gifts. So we can ask her for our intercession, for her intercession, I'm sorry, on our behalf in getting connected with the Holy Spirit. And so just ask him right now, ask him, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just begin to draw us into the knowledge of what our gifts are based on an evaluation of our lives to this point, our experiences, our personalities, our temperaments, and the things that we're drawn to serve in, in your church. I pray that you would begin to illumine us with your spirit and help us discern what those gifts are and help us begin to experiment so that we can find them and operate in them very quickly in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So what are spiritual gifts and what are yours and how and where do you use them? That These are all the topics that we're going to talk about throughout the series here. So I'm going today to introduce you to the gifts. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit next week and then diversity and unity. We're going to identify your spiritual gift and and implement your gift through the spiritual gifts conference, which you're going to register for. If you haven't already done, click that picture in the email. And I'm going to then inform you on the spiritual gifts, what they are, what they look like, how, how you can sort of discern if you have it and what it looks like when it's when it's in use. And then we're going to talk about love because love is always the driving force. Love is always what heals. So that'll be our last show. I want you to just take a moment and just breathe because the Holy Spirit, the word for spirit in the Bible is pneuma in in the Greek. It's breath, the breath of God. 
That's why I named the series Fresh Wind. There is new wind blowing in the church. Lots of things going on. I know that that on the surface, things are, are a little bit chaotic, and perhaps you are afraid of what you're seeing, but don't be. Because in the measure that things get worse in the world, the church gets better. It gets more holy. It gets more powerful. And that's what you are meant to tap into. Don't sit on the sidelines and wring your hands and worry about what you're seeing in the world. Get busy. Get up off your fanny. Find what your gift is and start working in it. Start discerning what it is. Get busy because you are necessary for the renewal of the church and the world. You are necessary. Absolutely. You and your individuality, your personality, your duty and station in life, your the fact that you even exist at this time in history should tell you that you are necessary to the renewal of the church. And part of that is the exercise of your spiritual gifts. Acts 2 verses 2 and 3 says... And suddenly a sound came from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire distributed and resting on each one of them. That is a picture of what happened at Pentecost. And that is a picture of what happens at confirmation. You have a tongue of fire a bit of the Holy Spirit, and actually not even a bit, because the Bible says he doesn't give the Spirit in measure. He gives us all of it. (laughs) So you have the Holy Spirit, and you have gifts from the Holy Spirit. But it's important that we turn to him deliberately and ask him to make those obvious for us so that we can begin to operate in them and start to try to discern what they are. So the lay faithful then are at the front lines of the church's life, according to the decree on the apostolate of the laity. It's really, really important for the renewal of the church, but also the entire world that we are busy in our spiritual gift because God uses those to breathe his spirit into our homes, into us first, and then into our homes, and then into our parishes, and then into our communities, and then into our state, and our country, and our church, and the world. You are necessary. So that is why I'm doing this series, all right? It's necessary. It's necessary to your subjective redemption. It's necessary to your salvation. It's necessary to your faith. It's necessary for the whole church. So we have to get busy. So just be in that mind, that mind of Christ, as we go through the series, the rest of the series. Christe Fidelis Laisi on the vocation and mission of the lay faithful in the church and in the world. I read this to you a moment ago, but I want to read it again because it's really important. The organic union in this body, the body of Christ, and the structure of the members are so compact that the member who fails to make his proper contribution to the development of the church must be said to be useful neither to the church nor to himself. So again, he's saying there that we are so closely related to one another in the body of Christ It's so compact that if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, then you're going to falter. You're you're not going to benefit. And so each of us, this is true of each of us. I'm not special because I have a teaching gift or a healing gift. I'm not special. You are just as special and your gift is just as important. And I'm going to prove it to you when we get back.
You're listening to the Bible Study Evangelista Show. Bible Study Spirits That Taste Like Cake. Did you know you can get Bible Study Evangelista radio notes and podcasts delivered to your inbox every Monday morning? Redeem your Mondays. Join thousands of your fellow listeners by subscribing at BibleStudyEvangelista.com. Now, here's Sonia. In 1 Corinthians 12, St. Paul compares Christians and their gifts to a body. And he lists several gifts there. And it's actually one of the most comprehensive lists that we have. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, if St. Paul thinks it's important to say, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts, then I can say that too. I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. That's why I'm doing this podcast and I'm doing it in as a compliment to the spiritual gifts conference so that you have ready uh, readily available information on these gifts now i realize that there are there is uh, a cup there are a couple ministries in the church that specifically do this but part of the weakness of those is that you have to go seek them out first of all and secondly they involve this really almost difficult. They make it really hard to just begin looking at spiritual gifts. They, I'm thinking, well, I don't even want to say it by name, but, but they make it hard to access a quiz. They make it hard to find information on the gifts. And when I say that, I just mean you have to order a book. You have to join this particular community. You have to, you have, it's just too hard. It's too hard. The, it, the church needs to make it much simpler. And so that's really what I'm trying to do. I'm not, I'm not mitigating or marginalizing the need for proper discernment because that is, we'll talk about that as we go through the series. And it's really important that the church, first of all, um, confirms your gift and we'll talk about that later. But it's more important that you just start. It's just more important that you start. In the early church, they didn't close them off into this little area and say, well, now we have to figure out what your gift is or you can't go out. They didn't do that. They just set them for loose. They said, get get out there and use your gifts. And then people would they would begin to pray for one another and they would pray for healing for one another and they would see amazing things happen. We're standing in a point of history that it is dire that we're using our gifts because the world is dying and going to hell. And we are dying and going to hell because we don't truly believe that God is in control and that he has power to overcome the evil that we're seeing in our world. And that's in part because we're not using our gifts and we don't see his power operating through us. And so we don't even believe it's real. So many people, they go to daily mass, they receive the Eucharist all the time, they, they're receiving the sacraments, but they have never seen a manifestation of the Spirit of God in their life. And that is a travesty, because look what Paul says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works in all. Verse 7 Chapter 12, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Dear one, if you have not seen a manifestation of the Spirit of God in your life, that is a travesty. It is a travesty, and I'm not saying that as a condemnation or a criticism. I'm just saying it's time. 
It is time for you, dear one, to step out and start using your gift as best as you know it and start discerning what it is more fully so that you can operate in that gift so that you can see this manifestation of the Spirit of God. He he works in supernatural power and you will experience it. You will experience him working through you in ways that you know are not of you. When I teach... I prepare and I study and I receive insights that I know are not from me. And when I when I stand up to share it, I say things that I'm like, golly, <laughs> that wasn't mine. And, and that's part of it. Part of the exercise of our gifts is to show us we, we're so humbled by it because we realize it's not us. We're cooperating, but it's not really us. The Holy Spirit is working supernaturally through us and we experience it. It becomes a manifestation of the Spirit of God in our lives. And this is what Paul is saying is it's necessary for the profit of all, he says. Chapter 12, verse 7 of Corinthians, uh, verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discernment of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So it is the will of the Holy Spirit that you receive one gift and not another. And we can, Paul says later here in this chapter, we should always, all of us, pursue the gift of prophecy. But, and well, I'll get to that in a moment. But in the meantime, as we're pursuing that and we're pursuing love, which is the highest of all of the pursuits, we should also pursue the knowledge of what our gift is and the discernment of that and the use of it. All right. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm, I'm not part of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of, of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, and not just rather, but much rather, he says, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think are less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then the gift of healings, helps, administrations, 
varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. And that way is the way of love, which we'll look at in our last uh, podcast show. But I wanted to read you that entire passage because it's the most comprehensive one that we have in all of the scriptures. He talks about that unity and diversity. He gives us a, a pretty full list there of what the gifts are. And he shows us that one gift is not more important than the other. And in fact, those that you think are more flashy, like a teaching gift or a healing gift, something visible, those are actually not the most important. The most important are those of you with the healing, I'm I'm sorry, the help gifts, the service gifts. If it weren't for you guys, nothing would get done. So I might be pretty visible, but that doesn't make my gift more important. It actually makes it less important because if you, those of you who have service gifts are not using your service gifts, I can't use mine. Everyone who plans an event at which I speak at a conference, imagine how many people with service gifts are using their gifts in that capacity so that I can stand up and use my gift. All of us are important, and that is Paul's point here when he's using this metaphor for the body. He's saying, your eye is not more important than your ear, and you can't say to the eye, everybody should be an eye. If, if the whole body was nothing but eyes, then we couldn't hear. We couldn't serve with our hands. We couldn't walk with our feet. So each part is important, he's saying, which is why it's so important that you're using your gift. Because if I'm using my eyes and ears and my mouth, but you're not using your hands and your feet, then I'm not going to be able to go anywhere or do anything. It's necessary that we work together for the building up of the entire body. That's his point. All of them are important. So he gives us a sort of list, apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healings, administration, tongues, um, and interpretation. And that's a, it's a small list, but it's still a list. The list that I'm using for the conference is knowledge, teaching, prophecy, wisdom, discernment, trust, Leadership, encouragement, faith, administration, evangelization, generosity, apostleship, healing, intercession, mercy, service, caregiving, communication, hospitality, mission, musicianship, and craftsmanship. And one of the things I love about Sherry Waddell um, in her uh the Catherine of Siena Institute, she wrote a book called Fruitful Discipleship, which I'll link to in the show notes. One of the things she adds is celibacy. And I love that because celibacy is, it's one of those things that Jesus teaches on as a, it is a gift. Um, But because it's not listed in any of these lists necessarily, I didn't add it um, to those Um, to those that we're going to look at for the conference, but we'll talk about it here in the show um, in case that's one of of your gifts. But she lists that um, and in several different ways. She, She does a couple of different things differently, but in any case, that's a good resource for you. Um, And I'll link to that in the show notes. But my point there is what Catherine of Siena says, all virtue and all vice are proven by way of your neighbor, she says in her dialogue. So she is basically saying the same thing that St. Paul says in this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12.
You're listening to the Bible Study Evangelista Show. Bible Study Spirits That Taste Like Cake. If you love having Bible study in your pocket, you can become a friend of the show. Click on the yellow friend of the show button on BibleStudyEvangelista.com and become a supporter of any amount and any frequency. Now, here's Sonia. tells us within the communion of the church, the Holy Spirit distributes special graces among the faithful of every rank for the building up of the church. Now to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, it says in Catechism 951. And that that last sentence is a direct quote from 1 Corinthians 12 that I just read, the manifestation of the Spirit. We're supposed to be seeing the manifestation of the Spirit in our own lives and in the life of the church. And to be perfectly honest, we need a fresh wind because the church is languishing. The church in pockets, it's very alive and thriving, but it's in those areas that they're using their spiritual gifts, healings and prophecy and and all of that, those are the areas where the church is truly alive. The rest of it is is half dead or dead. You can go to mass any particular week and see that your church is half dead. It's not alive. It's not vibrant. It's not full of freshness. It's not full of this wind. And in part, it's because we're not doing our part as members of this body. And I promise you that when you start using your gift, not only will you come alive, but the people around you will as well. Romans eleven sixteen says, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. I love that. You were given a gift and it will never be taken away from you. So it can never be too late. There is no excuse. Ephesians 4, 11, 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Peter 4.11 are a couple of the passages in the scriptures where we have these sort of loose lists of the gifts. And so, as I said, there isn't really an exhaustive list, but there are about 20 to 25 that most people agree on according to what's in the Bible and then in the church fathers. I like to divide them into clusters because they are sort of grouped together. When you have one, there are usually others that are related to it that you use at the same time. That's why I call those clusters. And then Romans 12, 6 through 8 says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. So again, Paul is telling us to use our gifts. He's assuming that he knows you have them and that you are using them. All right. It's not proud. It is part of your calling and your mission as a Christian. It's part of your calling and mission at confirmation and baptism. So we have to get busy. Now, this is interesting. I love this. In Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 through 16, we see that it is not the priest's job, but it's yours to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Everybody wants to look to the priest and say, well, I'm not being fed and I'm not equipped and I don't know anything about my spiritual gifts where well, it's not his job. It's the job of the laity. It's the job of the church itself to equip the saints for ministry. Paul says so. His gifts were that some should be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. 
until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the cunning of men and the craftiness in their deceitful wiles. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every joint with which it is supplied, when each part is working properly makes the bodily growth and upbuilds itself in love. I love that whole that whole passage of Paul. So first of all, everyone has gifts. The gifts are for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. The priest's job is not to do the ministry. The priest's job is to help equip you for the work of ministry. And he does that by helping you find what your gifts are. But he, well, primarily he does that by giving you the sacraments. That's his main job. It's not to teach you and not to even administrate a parish. That's really our jobs. His whole job is primarily to give us the sacraments, to offer those to us. Our job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And we do that by using our spiritual gifts. And the whole point is so that we can grow up so that we're not tossed about by every wind of doctrine, by all of the stuff going on in the political world, by all of the the filth in the church, by all of the deceitful, the deceitfulness of the the news and the stuff around us and in the church and in our lives. We have to grow up. Dear one, we have to grow up in the Holy Spirit. And part of that is that we need to know what our gifts are and start using them. You don't need to wait. You don't need any other equipment. All you need to do is to know that there are gifts and to start looking for what yours is and start experimenting and using them. That's all you need. It's very simple. So this is what helps us grow up. This is what helps us heal in our own woundedness. So it's not the job's the priest's job to feed you or to tell you what your gift is. His job is really to offer you the sacraments and then put you on your way. It's your job and my job to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And we do that by using our spiritual gifts. I promise you we'll get to places to use them when we're talking about uh, what the gifts are through the the quiz in the conference and then through the speakers will they'll off, offer you help too and then after the conference we're going to talk about places to use the gifts and what they all are right now I'm just introducing the whole idea right so the equipping of the saints happens through us we are saints the Bible talks about us as in terms of saint not big s where we've been beatified and canonized but saints with a little s meaning that we're all Christians we're all saints in the making we're all we're all saints in the making. So saints, then the equipping of the saints is through us. It's not a feeding tube. We're not, we don't grow to maturity through a feeding tube. We go grow to maturity through the exercise of our spiritual gifts in part. All right. The sacraments are part of it, but then exercising those spiritual gifts. That's what the sacraments are for is to help us in our growth in love and perseverance and, you know, we just think we're supposed to be here to suffer and offer up our suffering. Is, and that's just not the case. You're supposed to be living this abundant life. If you're not living an abundant life, if you're not thrilled with your life in the Holy Spirit, in the church, in Christianity, then something is dire. Something is wrong. And typically, it's that we're not using and operating in our gifts. All right. Peter says in 1 Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift employ it for one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. 
And then he gives two categories, speaking gifts and serving gifts. And so I divide the gifts into three, equipping gifts, service gifts, and sign gifts. Equipping gifts help build up other people through teaching and those kinds of things. Service gifts are like administration and helps, mercy, that kind of thing. Sign gifts are prophecy, healing, tongues, those Those are signs to the world that the Holy Spirit is present in power, okay? 1 Corinthians 12, remember it says the eyes and ears of the body serve knowledge. I'm sorry, um, this is Thomas Aquinas on 1 Corinthians 12. He says that the eyes and ears of the body serve knowledge and signify the contemplative life of the church. The eyes and the ears then, they receive information. That's a contemplative stance, Then he says the hands serve movement. We could say the feet too. The hands serve movement and signify the active life of the church. The head of the body is the clergy in Christ while the feet are the laity. So all of those parts work together to edify the whole church. And then 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, what matters is not the gifts, but love. Because what happens to the church in Corinth is that the people started to see this crazy manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And they got very proud of their gifts as if it was them doing it and not the Holy Spirit. So he called them back to what matters, which is love. We'll, we'll do that in the last show. Most of us look around and we, we want to, we start something and we ask God to help us. But instead, we need to ask God what he wants us to accomplish and how can how we can participate in that. And we do that through our spiritual gifts. What is God's will for your life? What can you do for God? It's going to mean tapping in, first of all, knowing, discerning, and then tapping in and using your spiritual gifts. What does God want you to do? What does he want to do through you? Remember that he says, you go into my vineyard too. Why do you stand there idle? The the spiritual gifts that I'm talking about are not the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Those are given to us at confirmation. They're for you and your edification and your sanctification. As true witnesses of Christ... And they make us oblige, they oblige us to spread and defend the faith by word. And those include wisdom, understanding, knowledge, counsel, fortitude, piety, and the fear of the Lord. Those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We receive those at, at confirmation. That's the sacrament at which Catholics receive this special outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which gives us access to those uh, gifts of the Spirit, but it also makes us witnesses. Those, though, those gifts of the Holy Spirit are primarily for you and your edification and sanctification. Whereas the charismata, the spiritual gifts, those are a little bit different. Those are for the edification of the whole church. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we receive at confirmation, those those seven gifts, those are for our edification. The charismata, the spiritual gifts that I'm talking about, those are for the edification of the whole church. So charisma, that's the Greek term. It means grace. And that's any good gift that flows from God's love or charis to us. It's any divine grace or favor. So that could be redemption all the way through through to eternal life. It can mean comfort in communion with the brothers and sisters in the faith. It can mean sanctifying grace. It's all of those things, but it has a narrower meaning too. That's we have a vocational grace as well. And then the spiritual graces that are given to us to help us perform those, our life work inside the church. Mine is marriage. Yours is probably marriage, but there's also religious life and that kind of thing. And then there is the charism or charisma or charismata in plural, which is the theological term for these extraordinary 
extraordinary graces that are given to individual Christians for the good of others. And that is what we're going to talk about through the rest of this series on the spiritual gifts, the charismata. Until next time, I'm Sonia Corbett, your Catholic evangelista. Thank you for listening to the Bible Study Evangelista Show. Find out more at BibleStudyEvangelista.com.